Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Ami Bros. Are we back? We're back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are back. Another week, another episode of the Ami Bros podcast. I'm one third of the trio, better known as the Ami Bros. Your host here, D Mart, with my brothers, Jeremy Man 85, Jeremy. How we feeling, fellas? We're glad to be back on the air. Another yeah, week. Yeah, man. Wow, man. What's going on, boys? We we've had a lot going on, man. We we had a uh, you know, we got we got a, a Asian Masters champion. We've got NCAA Final Four crown. We had a lot going on since we last spoke, man. It's, it's good to be back. And uh allergies are, are punching me in the nose. Played a lot of golf this weekend, so uh you know, it's, it's well worth it. A couple Zyrtec in my yeah, system. Same here. Same here, man. My allergies are... I don't even have allergies like that. And this this season, for whatever reason, you know, it's been rough. But, uh, yeah, man, glad to hear you're doing good, Jerry, man. What's going on, Jeremy? What's, what's popping your way? Not much, bro. About the same as Jerry. Um, my uh, allergies are on a different level at this point. So, hey, I'm... Uh, I think maybe because we were in the house so much that our immune system was like, yeah, you probably should have gone outside the last year. I don't know. I think it was more that pollen. Yeah, that pollen. Yeah, about the, pollen is we, we got the April the April pollen, but we don't got the April showers so far, which has been great. But uh, it ain't washing that pollen away. It's piled up. Yeah, we sound like a bunch of old men talking about the weather. But, <laughs> um, this is a sport, yeah. sports podcast. But, uh, yeah, man, we definitely hope to hope – to, uh, be checking in with you guys a little bit more often, but we're glad to be here. Shout out to everybody tuning in to us for another week. Uh, we appreciate you guys, and we got a lot to talk about. Like Jared said, a lot has happened over the last two or three weeks since we last uh, were, were on here, so let's get into it, man. Uh, first of all, it's uh, we record this on, on Tuesdays, um, so last night, Monday the the 19th, 19th. Um, Steph, and, Steph Curry, let's call him by his, his government name, Steph Curry is just on a complete tear. Like, I literally watched him. I mean, the way he crossed George Hill up last night <laughs> was just making everything he throws up is just ludicrous. And he's just on another level right now. So let's let's start with it, with, with Steph and, and this incredible stretch of uh, games he's been having. I mean, it's, it's hard for, for me to be surprised by Steph's performance and his skill and his talent. But, I mean, this is just no, next-level type stuff, man, and we're going to be looking back at um years from now you know on espn films and talking about how how crazy it was but let's let's start with the man let's start with jeremy um you know is, is steph curry the mvp right now based on his performance over the last let's call it three weeks started out starts off man so if we're asking is steph curry going to win the mvp absolutely not steph curry's their team's not in a good enough position to win mvp um although uh, i think they'll get into the play-in um, I don't think they're going to be top six. It's been a long time since anyone outside of the top six has won MVP. So I don't think he has a, a chance at this point unless he just continues it, goes on like a, I don't know, 11-3 run down a stretch and gets him in the sixth seed. Um, I don't think he's going to win. However, is he the most valuable player in the NBA? Absolutely. Uh, is he the best player in the NBA at this point? Absolutely. And at this point, there's nothing that anyone can do to stop him. I mean, they're trying to double him. They're picking him up at half court. He literally has the worst team around him. 
Um, nobody can make shots. And Steph pretty much is doing it on his own. And at this point, it's pretty much just turn on and watch the Steph show. I know, you know, a lot of people for, you know, uh, a few months ago were trying to say Dane Lillard was, you know, had surpassed Steph and all this stuff. No, no, no. Steph is uh, on a different level. The way he's making shots now is unbelievable. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's averaging 31, 6, and 6 on 49% shooting and 43% from three. A, a couple more games like this, and he will be on pace to lead the league in scoring while averaging a 40, a four, a 90, or was it? 40, 50, 90 or 50, 40, 90 season. So um, ultimately he's on the tear that can't be stopped. And uh, I just like watching him play, man. He's out here making left-handed shots while getting fouled. And uh, you know, the, the two most uh, intriguing watches for me right now are watching um, Steph and Kyrie, uh, both of them on a nightly basis put on the show. And uh you know, I'm looking forward to seeing it continue. I don't think he's going to win the MVP. I think he should be, though, because if you take stuff off that team, they're the worst team in basketball. Um, and, you know, you see them on the floor. When he's on the floor this season, they're twenty, they're 28 and 21. Uh, and when he's off the floor, they are one and seven. So um, actually one, one and eight. So, um, yeah, it's, it's the Steph show. They lost by 63 points when he didn't play last week or a couple weeks ago. All right. Uh, Jerry, what do you think about this, uh, Steph? I know you have some uh, some really intense uh, viewpoints about Steph and this MVP. I mean, in my opinion, guys, I think I think right now <clears throat> it's between. I think people are still forgetting how much of a great first half of the season James Harden had. Uh, I think he's still in the conversation, but I think Steph, man, um, if they make the playoffs, I think he should. I think he should win it. Um, but yeah, go ahead, Jared. What do you think about this Steph? Uh, the Steph tear. So I don't think any of those two should be in the top three for MVP. Um, I think Steph Curry, as I said last night on our, on our um, chat, I said if the Warriors were good, Steph Curry should be the leading candidate for league MVP this year. Um, I think the reality is he's played an exceptional level. He's um, obviously the month of April. He has been, I mean, unstoppable. Uh, I, I won't go as far as to say he's been, he's the best player in the league. He's been the best player in the league this month. He, he had a, a, a pretty bad uh, March. And then he had a really ridiculous um, April. This April, he's got four games this month with at least 10 threes. Nobody outside of Clay Thompson in the history of the league has four 10 three-pointer games in their career. And Steph this season alone has six 10 three-pointer games, uh, which is more than any other player in the history of the league has. Um, So I think – for for their careers. So I, mean, I think right now when you, there, there's no denying he's the best uh, shooter in the history of the league. I think we've, we've kind of been at that point. Um, when we look at league MVP, though, you mentioned he's, he's missed some games. They are – they're 28-22, uh, I think, when he plays. Um, they're 20 – so they're, uh, they're, they're all 1-8 uh, when he doesn't play or 1-7 or whatever that number is. I think they're 1-7, yep. Uh, are they a bad team? yes. I agree with that. I said that before the season started when, when people were like, oh, yeah, they're still going to be. They got Kelly Oubre. And I, I said, listen, uh, me and Jeremy made a bet at the beginning of the year. It was, I said, the Mavericks are going to have a better record than, than the Warriors. I said it particularly because I thought Luka was better than Steph. I will retract that statement, although Luka is special. Um, but with that being said, they don't have a great roster around them. They're not the worst roster in the league outside of Steph. They're, I mean, if you look around and you say, all right, Andrew Wiggins is a, I mean, he's, he's having a, a really good season. Um, 
Draymond still, he, obviously he's not the scorer, but he's still a very valuable piece. Kelly Oubre, as I've said for years, I thought was extremely overrated. Um, and, and so when you go through and you look at it, but, but this, this is the reason why he's not the, the MVP. One, you can't win the MVP when really up until this year, he'd be outside of the eight seed, so he wouldn't be a playoff team. Um, secondly, although he's been unbelievable um, over this stretch, there were stretches in March where from the three-point line, and I'll go through, this is from, I'll just start February 24th on. He was one for 11 threes, then three for eight, then two for seven, then five for 14, then one for eight. He had a six for nine and a four for seven. Then he was two for 11. And it, it, you start going through these, the list right before he got up to April, he finishes with a three for 12. And then he then he gets on the stretch where he's five for 10, five for 12, eight for 15, 10 for 18, 11 for 16, one, four for 13, then 11 for 19, 10 for 17. So over this stretch, I've never seen anything like this. But when you're looking at the league MVP, but you're still, ta- you're still talking one, about even before the stretch, though, you said 41% for the season. Like, it's, it's still like all time. It's still good. It's still really good. It's still really good. But if you're going to compare that, then we're looking at league MVP. You got to look at Nikola Jokic, who I think. By far, and he's the Vegas favorite by far. But if you look at Nikola Jokic for the season, he's averaging 27 points a game, 11 rebounds a game, nine assists. Their team right now is in the four spot. And if you're going by, like, even at at the center position, he's shooting 42% threes on uh, three and a half attempts a game. He's shooting 57% from the field, uh, and their team has a significantly better record. And, you know... Outside of that, I think you got to look at Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid has a legitimate case to potentially be the defensive player of the year. And although he's missed some games, just like Steph has, they're the number one seed in the East. He's averaging 30 points a game, 11 rebounds, and three assists. He's shooting uh, from the field 52 per, or 51%. He's also shooting 38% from, from three. Uh, and you add in his defensive uh you know, numbers. And I think when you you look at just from a, a and most valuable player standpoint, caring, I think Steph statistically has had a better season than Damian Lillard. But if you look at the fact that Lillard has them in the sixth spot right now, and the fact that he's hit multiple game winners and he's got them in the sixth spot with CJ McCollum missing a month and a half worth of basketball, um, I have him on there just because of the fact that his team is in a legitimate Thompson playoff. Missed the entire season, though. I agree. But we knew Clay Thompson was missing the entire season before it started. Well, and like, at least when you're looking – and you, you got to look at it and say, although, yeah, we could say Clay missed the entire season. If you take off uh, C.J. McCollum, they're they're very comparable from a roster standpoint, even if you take off C.J. McCollum and you take off Carmelo Clay. Anthony by himself is better than everybody on the Car- – Carmelo's not better than Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, he is. Now – He's not. Carmelo's averaging, what, 12 points a game on about 43% from the field? Like, he's a good player. He's still a very serviceable player, but he's not starting. So I think when, when you look at it, the, the, the rosters are comparable. And I think Damian has hit so many big shots, so many game winners, so many of those where I would have him above him. Then I would put stuff. I really, I, I think Harden was oversold. I think Harden's had an excellent season. One, I can't deny the fact that he tanked the first nine games of the season with the Rockets. That does count into the season. I think he's obviously missed some games with injury. He obviously has a very talented roster around him. Uh, so, I, I, to me, Harden would be would, would, would round out at, at fifth. Um, so, who's your third? But I, I, I don't third. I have Lillard. Jer- Jer- so I have Jokic. 
Uh, here, here's my thing. I have, Jokic, I have Embiid, I'd have Lillard, I'd have Steph, and then I would have Harden. Fit. Here, here's my thing with your analysis, though. We're talking about Dame Lillard um, on his team. You realize until – I don't know what it is right now, but I know last week their points per game averaged and their points per game allowed was exactly the same as the Pelicans. Exactly the same. Right, but, there, but, but, here, but this, this illustrates my point. The difference between those teams was at the end of the games, the Pelicans have not closed games out. Yeah. And at the end of the games for Portland, Lillard has closed at an – a staggering. I don't think anybody can deny. Damian Lillard been, has been yeah. the most clutch player in the NBA. Mm. I, as I said, I think individually, I think Steph has been better than than Dame this year. Yeah. But I think when you have to factor in is what their team performances. I may think individually last year Deshaun Watson was better than you know uh, an MVP candidate on on, on that was on a really good team. But you have to factor in team performance when you're looking at individual awards. And I think Steph's team, because of the fact that they're five now now. Put this in perspective. If Steph, the last 14 games, they have a, a fairly easier schedule. If he he continues, maybe not even at this rate because I don't think that's realistic, but if he continues to play at an extremely high rate, and let's say the last 14 games they win 11 or 10, and they get to where they're in the 8 spot or the 7 spot, I think Steph then gets an argument. But up until this year where they added a play-in tournament, right now they'd be in the nine spot, which would be out of the playoffs. Sure. And I don't think you can legitimately warrant MVP consideration not being well, here's Here's my thing, though. You said they have comparable rosters. They traded Gary Trent Jr., who's better than everybody else on the Warriors roster. Like, literally, like this is not comparable Gary, rosters Gary, at all. Gary Trent's not better than Wigan. Yeah, he is. Like, Andrew, as much as we – like, here's the thing. Uh, it, it, Gary Trent had a, a phenomenal game for the Raptors, and he's a good, he's a really good player. I like him. One, if you're looking at Wiggins this year, Wiggins is averaging 18 points a game on 48 percent from the field. He's an and he's an over uh, above average defender. And you're looking at the fact that he's shooting from the three point line, line this year. He's shooting 39 percent on five attempts a game. Sure. So Wiggins is well, is a well, put in perspective. And you, go ahead, put in perspective the Trailblazers though. They play four games without Lillard. They're three and one. They beat Philly without without Damian Lillard. They they I think they lost their last game. Hold on, I'll, I'll put it back up. They, I think they lost their last game, but they're, th- they're three and one this season without Damian Lillard playing. Like it's it's not. But, like- but here's but this is what and I will, I will agree with what you're saying. I think I think their rosters. I said when he does when they when when Dame didn't have C J McCollum. I think is 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 comparable to the Warriors roster, and I think. During that period of time, they were still winning at a high clip. But also, what you got to look at, when you say Gary Trent Jr., like this year, Gary Trent Jr. is averaging, let's see, 15.6 points a game, so 16 a game. Even with Toronto, if you add those in with his 47-point game, he's averaging 18. For the season, he's shooting uh, from the field 42%, 41.9. He's shooting 39.5% from three. So if you compare that to, to Wiggins, Wiggins is shooting a higher percentage from the field, from three point line. They're comparable, and Wiggins is a better defender, averaging more points. Like I, like I'm not telling you that that Steph has had a lot of help because I don't think he has. I told you before the season I didn't like the way the roster was was constructed, but like we can't act like Dame has been playing with a great roster around but, him with CJ. But, but put in perspective, I, and, though, and, you you brought up that his field goal percentage for the season. He's shooting forty percent threes, so his overall field goal percentage is forty two. But out of the what is it? Uh, 
13.5 shots. He's taking 7.5 over three. He's taking more than half the shots of three-pointers. So it's not like they're taking – I agree. But you still got to remember, Wiggins is still shooting 39% threes and 47. Like, I, I still – like I said, I think Wiggins is a, a tick better. But even if you're, you're, you're saying they're not, they're comparable – from especially from their uh, standpoint this year, when Wiggins is shooting forty eight percent from the or forty eight forty nine percent from the field, or I think it's forty eight percent from the field and thirty nine percent threes, uh, and, and I, particularly I think is a better defender. I think Steph has had decent help around him. I don't think he's had great help. I think he's had decent help around him. But I think the other thing we need to touch on, which I I said at the time they should have drafted Lamelo. Steve Kerr uh, came out and. and Basically said, Wiseman's a little bit more raw than we expected him to be, and he's going to have to, you know, work to develop quickly to be able to fit into the time frame of what their core is. Because I think next year, Clay Thompson, I, do I think he's going to come back and be Clay at the beginning of the year? No, but I think by the end of the year, he'll be 85, 90% of Clay. Draymond's still a serviceable player. If Wiseman can develop into a legitimate starting center prospect, a uh, legitimate, like, high level center, they could be competitive to win a championship but if he can't that was a miss a massive miss when you have a player like Lamelo ball who was on the board at the time i, I will agree with that my last statement would just be if you look at that, at that warriors roster i know andrew wiggins putting up great stats there's literally no one and i do mean no one damian lillard included who gets nearly as much attention as steph curry does and gets nearly as many people focused on him he gets so many wide open shots on a night and, in and, uh, i don't know like if you watched the game last night and b got triple teamed every time he touched the ball yeah but that's what um, ben simmons I, I, was out I, I, like it's, it's, that's not a normal occurrence so if we're looking at it from that standpoint i think harris was out too so it was like basically like their their top their top two players are out on night yeah. and night out basis yep. There's no one else who's doing what Steph is doing, and, and like I said, I don't, I don't think he's going to win. If I had a vote for like the actual MVP, I don't think I would have given it to Steph. But if you're asking me who the actual, who brings the most value to their team over replacement right now this season, I think it's no, without question, Steph Curry. I think you can make that argument for for this season. I, I, Embiid, you can make an argument as well. Embiid, when he plays this year, I think they're like forty and nine or something. Like it's 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 a high yeah. clip. They 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 win at a high rate when he plays. They're uh, obviously, I think. But... Yeah, they're 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 good. They're they're really well put together roster with 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 great coaching. I I think you have to look at it this year. He has been quote unquote more valuable to his team than than probably any other player in the league this year. But I don't think he should win the MVP award because I think Jokic has Jokic right now with the way they're playing and the numbers he's putting up and the fact he's having basically averaging. Almost twenty-seven and a triple double at the center position should win the award. I agree, but if you put Steph Curry on Jokic's spot um, with Michael Porter Jr. and all those weapons, they probably win the title. <laughs> I, yes, but here, I, here's what I will tell you with that though. But Steph did have a roster like that, and that's how Steph got his two MVPs. And there are other players that maybe you could have looked and said, "Oh, if you put him on Steph's roster, maybe they would have won an MVP." And so I would agree, I but they that's average, why they averaged seventy wins those seasons. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I'm just telling you that, but that the, the reality is when you you can't make that exception. Like like I think what what we start to do in a lot of cases is we start to make the argument for Steph in these years, which I agree. Like okay, Steph has been awesome, and maybe been better than those. But you can look at Steph's first MVP, that second MVP season. Steph was unconscious. But if you look at his first MVP season and compare him to players that were playing that year, statistically, he didn't have the best season. But he won the MVP because of how well his team performed. Yeah. I think that's the same thing that's going to happen now. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. Yeah, I I definitely think that Steph making this kind of 
end of the year push, which is incredible in itself. But I don't know if it's enough to overcome some of the other good players that have been playing well throughout the season. So we'll see what happens. But shout out to Steph, man. It's incredible what he's doing. Also, you said uh, his government name, and it's not Stephen Curry. It's Wardell. Wardell. You know, you know, the, oh, baby yeah, Dell. Dell Junior. Give his, his full, full government name. Yeah, you know, we got yeah. Dell Junior out there. You know, all means. Um, but yeah, fellas, let's switch to some NFL, man. Uh, the drafts in about nine days. Um, it's a lot of speculation out there right now about the quarterbacks. Um, let's let's talk about which quarterbacks you think are going to be the. It's going to be the the the. Um, if you want to call it the the steal in the draft, and let's talk about who you think is going to be the the, the most uh, the basically a bust. All right, who's going to be the best pick? Who's going to be the bust? Let's start with you, Jared. So I, I'm really interested to talk about this because I've been following. I, I follow quarterbacks probably more than anything. Um, I went to Trevor Lawrence's the first game. I went to see Trevor Lawrence. He was in the eighth grade, Cartersville Middle School. Um, I've talked about it on the podcast. He was. Uh, you know, six foot three, eight, eighth grader. I was like, all right, that guy's Peyton Manning. And then he happens to go to Clemson and, and, and wins a national championship. I've been following Justin Fields since uh, his junior year, since he started at Harrison High, which was down the street from me in Kennesaw. Um, and, and obviously I'm a huge fan of his. I think when you look at the draft, the biggest steal is going to be whoever gets Justin Fields. Um, Trevor can't be a steal at number one. You can't get, I mean, you really can't have a steal at number one. He can be a bust um, at number one. I think Fields. You said what? I said he can't be a bust at number one, but. You can't, you can't be a bust, but you can't be a steal. Um, I think, I think real, realistically, though, I think Justin Fields is going to be him, him or Trey Lance. I think so. Fields, here, here's here's what we'll put in perspective. Fields, I think, is being over. It's the same thing that happened with Deshaun when he came out, where he had a couple bad games, and people are ignoring the body of work and the pedigree. And the physical tools. I think the thing that people don't look at a lot when you when when they judge quarterbacks are what are their physical tools and what can they be if coached correctly. Justin Fields ran a four point four three or four point four two forty at the combine or his pro day. There was times where he he ran other days where they say he ran a four three eight at quarterback. He's six four. He's close to two hundred forty pounds. He was one of the most accurate deep ball passers. In, in college football, and as much as people gave the, which I think are, are racially insensitive at certain times, the, the notion of, oh, yeah, just a first read quarterback doesn't come off his first read. Well, pro football focus graded all the quarterbacks, and they said, one, no quarterback made more throws to their second or third read in the progression in, out of these five quarterbacks in college football than J- Justin Fields did. Also, who was the most accurate on their second or third uh, progression in college football, out of those quarterbacks, it was Justin Fields. Uh, I think, if given the right scenario, if he goes to San Francisco, I think Justin Fields can be. And it, I, I'm saying this is probably going to sound hyperbole. I think he could be a potential Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. I remember when he came out when he, he was the number one player over Trevor Lawrence for, on ESPN. Uh, the other sites had Trevor Lawrence as number one quarterback, but he went to the Elite Eleven camp and was the first quarterback to go through the Elite Eleven camp and to play and have zero interceptions the entire time going versus the top corners in the country. Had 16 touchdowns, no picks. Uh, and, and when he was being, uh, I guess, compared at the time coming out, they said he's a bigger Russell Wilson. He's a guy who has a, a high baseball background. He's a guy who has very good mechanics. And I think he could be the steal. The other steal could be Trey Lance. Trey Lance last year in college football, uh, he didn't play this year besides one showcase game. 
But last year, he had 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and ran for 1,300 yards, and I think another 14 touchdowns. He is prototypical. Um, I think the the thing that's funny to me is they're like, oh, yeah, but he just doesn't have that much experience. He has you know, only 15 starts. Oh, who else has 15 starts? Oh, Mac Jones. So I think the reality is I think he needs probably a year to develop. I think he would fit really well if he went to the Falcons, um, sat behind Matt Ryan. I think he has a very high ceiling. He's he's a big kid. He's 6'3", 6'4", I think 6'3", and 5'8", or something, 224 pounds, really mobile, can run, has a big arm. I think he has the upside to be an all-pro quarterback as well. The bust. There's two of them. I hate to say it. I think Mac Jones is going to be a, a huge bust, and I think Zach Wilson is going to be a huge bust. There's two reasons. why. And I talked about Zach Wilson beforehand um, on the podcast before they played Coastal. And I, I, like, I like him as a quarterback. I don't think he's a, um, you know, he's on the level of fields, but I think he's a really, really good quarterback. Here's my problem I have with Zach. Zach's tiny. He's not, not really a big frame kid. He's going to be going to New York. He's going to be playing for a team that does not have a lot of weapons. They have a lot of draft picks. I like their coach they hired in Salah, but I don't think he's going to have a lot of weapons around him. Uh, there's a possibility with some of those first-round picks they have, they can get a running back, maybe draft a receiver. But he's going to have a team that has now a left tackle, but not a great offensive line outside of that. And they have Denzel Mims. They have a couple guys that are there. They have Jamison Crowder. They'll probably draft a wide receiver uh, or two, but he's not going to have elite weapons. And I don't think they're going to have – he's going to have the the system that came from uh, Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. But I just don't – I don't see him as being warranted of the number two pick in the draft. And I think what, what's tough with a lot of guys is when you start getting compared to other guys. I think Mitch Trubisky, although I, I've been calling him Missum Trubisky or Missum Trubisky, and I, I said I thought he wasn't going to be good, I think Mitch had talent. Mitch could have been a solid starting quarterback in the league. But when you go over Mahomes and you go over Deshaun and and you're compared to them consistently, that's where a lot of times it gets in your head, where all your your, your fan base doesn't get to support you the way they should because they're like, oh, man, we should have had Mahomes. We should have had Deshaun. We shouldn't have well, drafted Trubisky. And I, <laughs> they should have. I agree. And I think that's the same thing that's going to happen with, with Wilson. I think he's going to get drafted. I think Fields is going to go to San Francisco. I think Fields is going to look like a freaking – Horror show for every defense he goes against, and people are going to say, "Oh, Fields is not going to San Francisco." He, right now, he's the Vegas favorite to go to San Francisco, um, and, and I think if he does, I think it's going to look so daunting that I think it's going to be a bust. And I think the other one, I think Matt Jones is the biggest bust. I think I, I don't get this right. Matt Jones had a phenomenal year, but let's be honest, there was nobody who had a comparable roster to what Alabama had this year, and I think when we look at Trevor Lawrence, and we look at and say, all right, look at Clemson's roster this year. Clemson's roster was not nearly as good as 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 advertised. Our offensive line was sketchy at best. Um, we saw that Ohio State game; he was under pressure constantly. Notre Dame game, we're under pressure constantly. Wide receiving core was not what it should have been. I like Amari Rodgers; he had a really good year. Cornell Powell was a good player. But they didn't have Justin Ross, who was supposed to be on that team. They didn't have Frank Ladson for most of the year. They didn't have uh, Joe Angata for most of the year. Those are the top three receivers uh, on that roster. Alabama had two probably top 10 to 12 picks in the draft, and Jalen Waddell, who, who got injured but still played for, I think, five, six games, and Devontae Smith, who won the Heisman. He also had a, an elite offensive line. They they won the, uh, the award for best offensive line in college football. He also had – First or second running back off the board, and Najee Harris. 
and, and so when you look at that that team, they were extremely stacked. And I think when you look at it, you look at the deep grades. Pro Football Focus said the, the quarterback who was the least accurate off of his first read was Matt Jones out of these top five quarterbacks. You look at who's the least athletic out of this group. It's Matt Jones. Who has the least arm strength out of this group? It's Matt Jones. And you look at who has the 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 least physical tools. One of the things that I, I read and I, I agree with, when you're looking at what quarterback to draft, you're not drafting off of production. You're drafting off of projection. Who do you project has the best possibility to be an elite quarterback? Now be and careful with that, though, Jones, that's what that's what got Mr. Trubisky drafted. But here's the thing, though. If you looked at Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky didn't have a bigger arm than Mahomes or Deshaun. Mitch Trubisky didn't have more athleticism than those guys. And so when you, you look at the production, both of them, right? You said what? Did he run a faster forty than both of them? No, he, he ran faster forty than Mahomes, but he didn't run faster. I think him and Deshaun ran the same forty time. Uh, but uh, but Deshaun, I think they both ran a four five eight ish somewhere in that range. But I think when you look at it. He was never. I think when you when I when I look at tools, I'm not just saying all right. Who is? Um, I'm gonna go back in, in the 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 archive. There was the quarterback that was at Florida State. I think it was Adrian McPherson back in the day, who looked like he was gonna be basically the the Space Jam version of of. Any, I mean, he he was like six five. He ran like a four three. He had like a cannon of an arm. And, but he had no like he didn't read defense as well. It was a play for Florida State where he lined up behind the right guard. Like it was like all right, this guy really didn't have. I'm not saying just physical skills. I mean, I tools, but accuracy and mobility and stature and elusiveness and ability to process. Mac, I don't think he has that. I don't, I think he's more in my opinion. I think he's more close to Jason White, Matt Leinard, uh, Ken Dorsey than he is. You know the comparisons, the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning comparisons that I'm getting, and so I think Mac's going to end up being a, a tremendous bust. I think the two biggest steals, I think Trevor's going to do extremely well. I think the two biggest steals are going to be Fields and uh, Trey Lance, depending on where Lance ends up. Yeah, ultimately, um, the biggest steal in this draft, I think, is probably going to be Trey Lance. Um, you're talking about, you know. Not throwing interceptions. He didn't throw an interception all last season. Um, when he played, he's 28 touchdowns, no interceptions. Won a national championship for FCS. Um, a ton of rushing yards. I mean, he, from a physical standpoint, I think he's the the best physical quarterback in this draft. So if you're going to draft for, you know, highest upside is going to be Trey Lance. <laughs> I'm not really sold on uh, Justin Fields. I think he has the potential to be solid, but I could see him struggling some at the next level. I see him being an, a, a a pretty average for NFL quarterback, NFL starting quarterback. I think he's a starter, um, but I don't see him as being a Deshaun. I see him as maybe being a. I think it's low end. He could he could be like worst case scenario with his tools. He can be slightly below Dak. Like I, I see him. Because- I see Carson Wentz is what I see. Um, like uh, you know, physical tools. I don't. I don't necessarily like um, his pocket awareness. Sometimes his like you were t- talking about Russell Wilson taking hits. Russell Wilson's not taking that hit he took against Clemson. Um, no, he's so not, not at all. So uh, you know, things of that nature. I I I think it could be good, and hopefully it doesn't slide. But it really depends on the situation with him. He could be great if he goes to somewhere like New England. Um, 
but I or or Kyle Shanahan. I just don't think he's going to go to Kyle Shanahan. Um, I can't remember wh- who it was, but it was, and it, it was an executive. I think they said an anonymous executive who said they would that they can guarantee without any doubt that uh, it, was, it was Lombardi. It was Mike Lombardi. Lombardi who said okay. he guarantee. Yeah, yeah. Who, who said he's not going there? So, um, to real, real quick, though, I will say that that what one thing that makes me lend to say maybe. Either of those two is so Kyle Shanahan. Um, so basically, Fields and Lance both train with Quincy Avery, um, who's a quarterback coach for a lot of guys for Haskins and for Watson, and most of all the black quarterbacks go to him. Um, and Kyle asked both of them, could they take two weeks and go train with John Beck, the former quarterback for the Redskins or at the time the Redskins watched the football team? Yeah. And and work on specific drills that are are catered to what San Francisco does well, and to come out and to basically run those types of plays or those types of drills at their pro day for San Francisco. So I'm not telling you that like there that he definitely is, but I think that would lead me to think that like you're at least considering it because I wouldn't. I, you have to be an a hole to be like, all right, guys, can you go train for two weeks with a quarterback coach? I like running the drills. I like, and I, I'm really just already considering. I, Made yeah. decision. I'm going to Mac Jones. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, I think uh, I don't. I haven't seen enough of Zach Wilson, but I think he's going to be a bust mainly just because I think he's going to New York, and I don't think anybody can succeed in that situation at this point. Um, but also, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a bust. Um, I don't see it in Trevor Lawrence. What? Yeah, I, don't, I don't see it in Trevor Lawrence at all. First off, his comments last week would would if I was the Jaguars make me not draft him. You're talking about someone who, in a Sports Illustrated article, was quoted as saying he wasn't that torn up about losing the national semifinals. His coach, his high school coach, says he could walk away from football right now. And I don't think it would bother him. And his dad said football is not the end all be all for him. That's not. A- but what? But as a GM, why would you care if somebody is not saying that football completes them and their being as a person? Yeah, like that, that, I think that's, that's, that's what somebody's like. The kids that are coming out the hood, it probably is. They have nothing to. Nothing to to fall back on except for football. That doesn't make that doesn't mean no, you're Tom, not Tom Brady has a lot of things to fall back on. What do you think Tom Brady's all, end all it be all is? Football. But you have, what, what did Trevor in that same article? <laughs> no, it's, it's not that it's article. Trevor it said he said my goal is to be the greatest quarterback to ever play. But I don't define my worth and value out of how good he, I am. He as said a that in response. He said that in response. But his he said that in the same article, and then he reiterated in response. But, in the article, he said my goal is to be the greatest quarterback of all yeah, time. Yeah, I mean everybody says that. But at the end of the day, I think his dad knows it pretty well. His dad, his his dad said that football is not the end all be all for him, and it shouldn't be. Hear me? Why would it be for your daughters or your kids for a sport that they're good at? No, if you're if if your I'm daughter saying, was good I'm, at whatever, I'm not saying they have to define the whatever. But you've got to be a whole 100 percent invested into the sport if you're gonna play quarterback. It's this that's that's the nature of the position. Drew Brees, Peyton Jimmy, Manning, how, how, Tom Brady are obsessed with football invested because he's saying that's not making him who he is as a person. Do you think Tom Brady could? Well, put it in perspective. If Tom Brady right now can't walk away from football and be okay with it, how is this guy who hasn't come into the NFL yet? Who's who? His coaches say he can walk away right now and be fine. Who said that Brady wouldn't be okay if he walked away from football? Brady would be fine. Brady, who play golf every day. <laughs> but, but but Jeremy, here, here's what I'm telling you though. I, I think you missed. I get, I get what, what you're saying. saying, and I, do I think there are a lot of guys who have that Michael Jordan, Tom Brady? I will bite off your leg to to win this this game. And, and do, do I think Trevor may not have that? Sure. 
Do I think Patrick Mahomes has that? No, yeah, he does. I, do I think you, that's no, do I think that's does. necessary? I, I don't think that's he necessary to be Mahomes great talent. at your craft. Here's the thing, though. If, if you look at Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is faster than Patrick Mahomes. Trevor Lawrence has, and especially if you're comparing their 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 college careers, he, he's played significantly more football than him. He's if you look at him in college, he was 34 and two as a starter. If you look at him in high school, he was 80, 80 was 82 and two. He's never faced. Like, he's never really faced adversity. And if you really look at it, I'll be 100 percent honest. When they play top level competition, I don't see the accuracy. Um, he's he's. This season, he was 51% against, uh, completion against man coverage, which is what you're normally going to see in the NFL. And you're talking about – But he was also messing his top three receivers. But, but Jared, the, who are they playing against? They're in the ACC. The ACC was terrible. I, but you got to remember, though, like the, the ACC was not good. I will agree. And But I, I think you got to look at it from the, the standpoint of, one, he missed a couple games with COVID. And then during that process, he had a couple weeks off where he wasn't practicing. Two, if you looked at the game versus Ohio State, he had one pick. The pick dropped off the receiver's hands, and the entire game he was under pressure. And his offensive line was bad last year. I mean, I'll, I'll give Etienne. you that. But do you remember, I, I made that exact same comment after they played LSU. I said, I, I, don't, I don't see it with Trevor Lawrence. I, I never have seen it with Trevor Lawrence. And I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to be very good. Um, the closest comp for Trevor Lawrence, though, and the person who they compared this guy, too, was Trevor Lawrence, is Justin Herbert. Last year coming out, they said, Justin Herbert reminds us most closely of Trevor Lawrence. That's why he should go high. And we saw what Herbert did. And, and Herbert clearly looked worse last year in college than he than Trevor Lawrence did. I think you look at the skills. He's 6'6". He's got a huge arm. He's been calling his own audible since the eighth grade, so he reads defenses extremely well. And he's not just adequately mobile. He's fast. Like, he ran away from the Ohio State defense. He did, but he can't run in the NFL. And secondly, if you're looking at it from that standpoint, who's the last Clemson quarterback that didn't put up great numbers? The guy before Todd Boyd? I mean, like, everybody at Clemson puts up great numbers. So at the end of the day, I'm not going to look at it and say, oh, man, he put up great numbers, so that means he's going to be a great player. I don't see it with him. To be honest, um, the, you remember tell you what those comments made me think of? Who they made me think of? Jay Cutler. That's what, the, that's what it made me think of. So ultimately – Jay Cutler had all the talent in the world, but he wasn't really sold to play football. You can't. Trevor Lawrence is not going to be a Jay Cutler. Here's, here's the other part, Jeremy. Jay Cutler did not succeed because he wasn't dedicated enough. Jay Cutler didn't, didn't succeed because every person in the locker room hated him. He was the worst teammate. Like, everybody talks about how bad he was in the locker room. So it's not just that, like, like Jay Cutler, and, and Jay Cutler was not nearly as talented as Trevor Lawrence. Like, he had a big arm. But like Jay Cutler didn't read defenses. Jay Cutler, like he was not a guy who had like when you look at at Trevor, Trevor, and and we can say uh, could could he did he have some games where he wasn't as accurate as he should have been? Sure, but like if Trevor came out his freshman year, nobody would have that argument. He came out won a national championship and he lit up Alabama forty four to sixteen. And so like I think when you look at what he is as a prospect, I think we're overanalyzing. Because of the fact that we've, we've had the talk of, is he the greatest prospect of all time? And I think that makes us look at it and not judge him according to what a normal college quarterback would be judged or graded as. We'll see, but I, 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 I don't see it. I don't see it. I can see a situation. If Well, Deshaun's not going to play this year, so I can't see it this year. But if Deshaun was actually going to play, I think he'd be the worst quarterback in the division this year. Deshaun's not playing for the Texans. He'll play this year. That's what I mean for the Texans. I was about to say, that, that meant some press release that Deshaun's I'm not about, I'm talking about for the Texans. So I'll tell, that's what I said. I think he'd be the worst. If, if, if he was yeah. playing, he'd be the, 
he definitely would be the worst quarterback in the division. I think I, I hey, hey, right hey, now. Hey, 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 I, Carson Wentz, I, take, I would take Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz's career right now, I'd, I'd put a higher value on that, and I think Trevor Lawrence's career would be. Ooh, that's that's you right now. You're you're saying, hey, look, I'm betting all my my stocks on Dougie, uh, uh, Dogecoin over uh, over Apple. I mean, I, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right, fellas, let's uh, let's keep it rolling, man. Let's get back into some NBA. Uh, KD's hurt again, man. Sorry, you know, hate to see it. He came out uh, looking pretty sharp last week, man. And uh, on top of that, Lamarcus Aldridge retired. Um, how concerned should the Nets be? Let's start with uh, you on this, Jared. So I think they should be really concerned. Uh, the Lamarcus Aldridge, um, I, I I don't think that I mean, does it hurt them somewhat, but not a ton. Uh, as I said beforehand, like Lamarcus, we, we saw when, we, when the Lakers played them, uh, Drummond punished him at center, so he, he was going to be tough to play him at center versus a large lineup anyway. Um, he would help them offensively because of his ability to stretch the floor, but it's a loss, but not like a devastating loss, especially considering he had only been there for a couple weeks. The concern I'd have is KD's played twenty four games in the last two years, and he's left four of them with injury, um, and, and and you're looking at. Yes, it's a thigh bruise, but like it's a thigh bruise, it's a hamstring pull. It's like it, it, the these injuries are piling up for a guy who already was frail and is you know Katie's got to be what thirty three, thirty four now, uh, maybe somewhere, around there. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere in that that range. And although I think I don't think the Nets are going to win the championship regardless, but I think the Nets have a chance of winning the championship with KD and Kyrie or with KD and Harden, if one of those got, got got hurt. I think they'd have an ability to. I don't think they have a chance of winning a championship with Kyrie and Harden because of the fact that I don't think they have any wing who could offset what LeBron is going to do or what Ke- if the Clippers were to get there, what Kawhi and Paul George would be able to do. or like They, they don't have any front court size. And KD's probably their best perimeter defender at at least a wing position. Um, unless you're you're, you're going to say maybe Jeff Green, uh, so I think, I think if you put Kevin Durant, if you put Kyrie and, and Harden on the floor, they could pretty much beat anybody. I, I don't I don't think so. One, I think what we're looking at is I have to see Harden do it in a postseason to where I could look at it and say, all right, he's going to be the same player he was in the regular season. Two, I, I have to see Kyrie if that's the case. If Harden is not that, be the best player on the floor in those series and. The only time I've seen him play in the playoffs where it, it was required for him to be not only the best player on his team, but the best player on the floor was the, se- the, the season he had before last year where he didn't play well versus the Bucks. Now, the Bucks defended him by forcing all the attention to him and making him have to beat that, but he had an awful se- a series when they did that. So I don't think they can do that without KD. And I think that would be my main concern is can they – can KD stay healthy for an extended period of time, especially through the playoffs, where it's going to get more physical? And where right now, their matchups, if everything goes the way it is right now, their matchup in the playoffs would be Miami first round, Milwaukee second round, 76ers in the finals, and whoever wins the West. I mean, that means you got to go versus Jimmy Butler, you got to go versus Giannis, then you got to go versus Ben Simmons on defense, and, and and have somebody guard Embiid, and then you have to go through potentially LeBron and AD. You can't do that without having any kind of front court. Like you, you can't do that with Jeff Green and Joe Harris as your 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 small forward and power forward. I I just don't see that happen. Uh, ultimately, all right, Jeremy, what do you think about? Ultimately, that? this is uh, 
a big nothing cake. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Durant has a thigh bruise. A thigh bruise. He could have come back a long time ago. They are literally playing this entire season as, look, we're going to overprotect everybody to make sure everyone ends up on the floor when the playoffs start. That's, that's essentially what they're doing. They're not concerned with this. Kyrie at this point is unstoppable. James Harden is unstoppable. Kevin Durant is unstoppable. Um, the people I have concern with, the guys like Joe Harris, are starting to shoot the ball a little worse from the field, and uh, you know uh, maybe some of those some of those size issues. But they, these teams can't beat them. The Miami beat them on a last second shot. Kevin Durant didn't play the last three quarters. James Harden didn't play, and Kyrie played awful. Kyrie was like six of nineteen. And they still barely won on the last second shot. They're not, they're, they would sweep Miami. They would sweep whoever they're playing. And I don't think it depends on if, if, if Tyler Hero is going to turn back into Tyler Hero. He's been awful. Like, he started doing commercials and turned into a celebrity. And there's reports that Miami's concerned about his trajectory right now because he's he's been playing awful. Who, Tyler Hero? Yeah. Yeah. Got to <laughs> just leave those Instagram models alone. Anyway, um, ultimately, I think uh, – I think they're going to run through the the East. They're going to run through. I mean, you look at Philly, man. Philly can't even beat Steph Curry by himself. What are you going to do with Kyrie with James Harden and all them guys? Man, they're you, you can't you can't make that argument and then the last segment be like, yeah, they didn't have Ben Simmons or Tobias Harris, two yeah. of the top three yeah, players. I, I watched them play with all the players last week and they lost to my Pelicans. So I'm not I'm not I don't think they're too concerned with Philly. Uh, ultimately, I think um, you know it's going to come down to. Either Clippers or Lakers, and who they're going to have to play in the finals. But I, don't, I, I see them getting through any, either one of them, so I'm, I'm not concerned at all. But they take an L tonight, though. When they play uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I just think, um, I mean, Katie's just fragile. Like Jared said, I agree. Like it's not that many. Um, he's he's a little older, man. I mean, he's not a spring chicken anymore. So he's got to take he got to take things seriously when he has injuries. But I do agree with you too, Jeremy. I think this is just a play to make sure everybody's healthy going into. Uh, the postseason. I, I agree um, with that. I think the, the other thing, just to t- touch on it, is they, they don't have any continuity. It's not like they've played together before, like those three. So although I think they can figure it out on their end, like what happens now when Claxton, who's getting 25 minutes a game, gets 12? How does he adjust to like or, – or, or Joe Harris, who's used to getting 14 shots a game, gets seven. Because he's not getting it. Can he still stay or, you know, right now he's cool envelope, but can he stay hot at that time when their roles are going to have to change? Because they like with LeBron and AD, they that team, that course been together. So at least they know what their roles are when they come back. Kind of. Maybe Drummond. Kind of. Huh? They kind of have like Dennis. Dennis Schroeder is still. I mean, it's, it's you guys. You guys do got some people in there who got to know their roles again. Yes. Some guys. But I mean, they're. Out of, out of their their core eight, five of them were on the championship team last year. The only ones that, that weren't were Schroeder, maybe Drummond, and Tht wasn't really in the rotation. So I that that's my only thing. I, I think I think they'll be fine. It's just one: are they healthy? And two: like how do the role players play, changing their role after playing it a whole season? Yeah. Right. We'll see, man. I guess we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, but let's uh, let's get into some boxing, man. You know, I was very. Very much anticipating this uh, fight between Ben Askren and uh, Jake Paul. And uh, I really just think the entire fiasco from start to finish was just a complete shit show. Yeah, um, yeah. I was really I, impressed with Doja Cat. I mean, 
<laughs> yeah, Doja Cat was enjoyable. But um, other than that, um, I mean, I, I, I was kind of, when I first turned to the pay-per-view channel, I was kind of concerned <laughs> was I on the right thing because I saw, what's the kid from Saturday Night Live? Oh, Pete Davidson. <laughs> Pete Davidson. I saw Pete Davidson and Ric Flair pretty much managing like, a slap contest. And I'm like, this can't be. this. But then it's like, I'm like, okay. And I text one of you guys. I was like, oh, you know, what channel is the, the, the actual boxing match on? I like, know that's, that's the one, the slap contest. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just a shit show, man. And, uh, you know, Ben pretty much knew what was going to happen. I, th- I think he was – he basically took a I – don't th- I don't think he took a fall, but he definitely went and got paid. Yeah. Um, you I think it's any validity between um, Jake Paul being a professional boxer and just being a um, – it's kind of a, a showcase, if you want to call it. I think Jake Paul's professional boxing career, if he actually went into it, would last shorter than my professional ice skating career. And ultimately, <laughs> I don't think he has any real talent. Um, and that's why he's trying to fight Ben Askren coming off of a hip replacement. So ultimately, you know, he's fought Nate Robinson, another YouTube guy, um, and um, – and ben He's agreed to fight Tyson Fury's brother now. I mean, <laughs> fight Tyson Fury. He agreed to fight who? Tyson Fury's brother. Like, I mean, fight Tyson Fury. Like, I, I, I was, I don't know who Tyson Fury's brother is. I've never seen him fight. I mean, th- there was talk about him trying to fight Nate Diaz. I think Nate Diaz would knock him out cold. Um, but yeah, ultimately, Ben Askren's coming off a of hip replacement. I just saw a video this morning uh, of him. Uh, I guess training beforehand. He has the slowest hands I've ever seen in my life. Had I seen that video ahead of time, I would not have bet on Ben Askren. Um, you don't really bet on yes, him. I really what y'all did. really think was going to happen? I, he's a wrestler, but he's an MMA fighter, so he's got to have at least. But if y'all see Jake, fight, Jake Paul's not bad. No, he is bad. He's not he's good. Fight before, right? He's not bad. And then you talk about like people, like boxers are telling you he's not that bad. So, like, I'm not saying he's a pro, but. Like, it's people that, like, have some actual, like, Zab Judah. I was listening to him, Mike Tyson. Like, this guy's not bad. I'm just trying to figure out where y'all thought this wrestler was going to come in and beat the guy that's actually bigger than him and more skilled at boxing. At the fight, they were the same. uh, Actually, like, they were – I can't say they were the same weight. They were – I believe – Askren was a pound heavier, but it was because he was – Yeah, I didn't didn't know Askren was going to come in looking like, I don't know, doggone – Kevin James from King of Queens. Ultimately, <laughs> I was I thought he was gonna come in as a fighter. Like you're talking about somebody who who had ten MMA knockouts, and he's coming in fighting somebody who used to who who couldn't put a, put out Nate Robinson in the first round. And I go, okay, this is gonna be easy. But I mean, he came in, got knocked out, and did an interview afterward where he said they asked him. They said, you know, do you feel like you know? I've, Obviously, you, you probably get some unfair criticism for losing to Jake Paul. He's like, no, I think it's completely fair. I got knocked out by Jake Paul, a YouTube fighter, <laughs> which is true. That's what yeah. he said. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, I mean, I thought it was a joke, and um, I would love to see Jake Paul fight somebody for real. Um, you know, even if it was like an old fighter, like Oscar De La Hoya coming out of retirement fighting. Dude, 
Dude, Das de la Hoya would destroy him. No, he wouldn't, dog. Y'all kidding me? Do you understand who Das de la Hoya is? 25, 26. Das de la is 50. Damn it. George Foreman won the heavyweight fight boxing championship of the world at 50. At 55. Yeah. You're talking right? about George Foreman. If he could t- touch you with his glove, you knock damn out. You, you yeah, but, damn, you're going to think I'm joking? I'm 100% serious. Sugar Ray Leonard could come out of retirement and beat Jake Paul in the fight. But yet, y'all just lost money because y'all bet Ben Askren. Hey, hey, so, y'all, y'all are clearly wrong, dog. Like, Austin Hoy is not beating Jake Paul. They're two different weight classes. Jake Paul is a lot, lot, lot bigger. Like, what's what's Austin Hoy going to do? You know, Austin Hoy is coming out of retirement right now, right? Yeah, you, to do exhibitions. No, I think he's fighting another professional fight. <laughs> yeah, he he's he, he's claiming he's. Still, I mean, here's the thing. I'm not telling you that Oscar is that he'd knock out Jake Paul, although I think he probably would just from punching power. But like Jake Paul's not going versus boxers. Like Oscar's not letting him get hit. Like what you call it? Oscar's just got his chin out there. Like, like I'm not, guys, t- I don't think you guys are doing your, your actual, not like I said, I'm not saying that Jake Paul's is Jake Paul is a professional fighter, but Jake Paul has been training to fight for years. Yeah, like this is not something he just picked up. It's like, oh, I'm gonna start boxing. Well, here's the thing: he's like, been training. He's been training for three years since him. He got in a beef with a YouTube guy, and they said they're gonna they're gonna box each other. And then he started training for that fight. It's about three so and a half years ago. Thirty six months. I agree. Training, but the, you gotta remember, Oscar De La Hoya has. 36 years of boxing training. Damn, damn like, I'm, I'm yeah. going to be like... <laughs> think about it. 36 years plus his age. Damn, damn, but, think about but, it. If, yeah, I, I, if I, like right now, said, hey, or if somebody who... Yeah, let's say, let's say me. Let's say... And, you can't compare tennis because tennis is totally oh, different. That's, that's what I was going to say. And say I came out and I started <laughs> playing people. I started training for three years and I started playing people and I was like destroying people. And you're like, yeah, you know what? I think you go out and play Sampras now. No, I, I'm, I'm going to get destroyed. <laughs> Yeah, or, 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 here's, here's a better one. No, here's a better one. Cause, so, cause so you can't because with, with boxing or, or MMA or any kind of physical sport, one punch and you're out. Like you got to deal with Sampras for for probably just an hour. Here's the thing. So I, I'm, I'm like this. Right, let's, let's say I'm, I'm talking Maybe smack. To, I'm, I say say this blows up and we I become a YouTube sensation and I start talking smack about golf to some YouTube guy and then I'm like, okay, uh, let's let's play around. Put money on it. And I beat the guy. In the next three years, three and a half years, I train every day with Butch Harmon. And then I'm like, you know what? I could beat Stuart Sink. And then we go play Harbor Town and shoot 63. That's like you coming off beating a guy shooting 68, 67. And then somebody, and then, and then like somebody coming and being like, it's just, no, you can't compare the two. You can't. I, I just, I, I'm not telling you that Jake Paul's bad. Like, let's put this in perspective, right? I, I, I'll touch on this. Jake Paul is not bad. Is he is he better than I thought he was? Yes. But with that being said, is he a legitimate boxer? No, he's not. Like the reason why and somebody said it and I laughed about it and they said I'm not saying he's a legitimate boxer. I agree with you, but I wouldn't trust that him at he looked like he was that night. He like he was probably 190, 190. He went in 190 uh, 191 before the fight. Yeah, right. Oscar De La Hoya fought at what? What did he fight at with Trinidad? One seventy. You sure? Uh huh. Oscar's bigger than you think. Yeah, Oscar. Let's see his weight. And he's giving up twenty pounds in twenty years. Like, I think he would hurt Oscar. No, let's see. All right, so Oscar, Oscar fought at. 
Uh, see, I feel like him and Trinidad were like fighting at like one fifty five. You got you got to keep in mind though. A lot of times those guys, he was, he was, he was fighting at. I mean, a lot of his career no way, fought at like at like one forty five, but you So he was back, he was brought at one sixty. That's what I thought. I'm like, so right now, let's say he's a little bit heavier. I just, I think it would, I don't think it would benefit Oscar De La Hoya to try to fight Jake Paul because what, what can he get out of the situation? He's already rich. Oh, but the worst. I mean, if he yeah, wins, he's supposed to win. We're right? talking about like and boxing. If he loses, do, you, do you think Jake Paul could beat, let's say, Conor McGregor in a boxing fight? No, he couldn't. Yes. No. Conor yeah, lasted sure. ten rounds with Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, <laughs> Jimmy, you want to call that lasting? And you want to talk about Floyd? You th- who you think is harder, Floyd or Jake Paul? Floyd, Floyd, what are you talking about, dude? What are you talking about? Floyd is one thirty. Y'all got to think about like, think about this. Floyd is one thirty. Let's let's put how how hard Floyd hits. In five, Floyd, five Floyd was doing a, a joke thing with the with the WWE. He was in Big Show, <laughs> got like kneeled down like Joe was, and Floyd like did like the fake punches, to try, but by accident touched his nose. If somebody just in front of me and said, "Hit my jaw," and I hit him, I'm gonna crack their jaw. If you hold your face out and you say, "I'm I'm gonna let somebody hit me," and they crack your jaw, what do you think is gonna? Who who could not break somebody's jaw? Actually, try to punch him. It was supposed to be scripted, and he 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 punched him. Yeah, yeah. But you know, punch him with all the things. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not putting that on that. But Damon, you gotta think about it. Floyd Mayweather picked apart Canelo, who fights at like 175. Yeah, we're talking about Canelo can hit him. Power, and he wasn't fighting Canelo at 175. He fought Canelo at 167, I think. But Canelo was probably 175. No, I don't think he fought Canelo at 167. Canelo, no, no, that. Canelo dropped. They were down to to the one forty nine. Yeah, they were. They were like, dude, Mayweather's a baby. So you trying to tell me if I am? Let's just say a kid, as a, a talented kid, is fourteen, as one hundred and twenty pounds, right? Versus a guy like I don't know who, who's a who's a, a four or five, a decent player, maybe played college back in the day. Like, dog, this fourteen year old kid would probably beat that guy in tennis. But if you're asking me who's going to serve harder or faster. It's probably going to be the four or five who's thirty five and played college tennis back well, in the day. Just like Jake Paul, you're not going to tell me that Floyd Mayweather, five six, one forty, is going to punch punch harder than. Him. Punch so you know, you Paul know, Jake, so Jake Paul, you know, that. you know, Jake Paul has a brother, Logan Paul. Yeah, and Logan is a similar boxer to Jake, <clears throat> and he's fighting, he's fighting Floyd. He's fighting Floyd. Floyd will not get hit. And Floyd will knock him out. He's not. I'm not telling you that. I'm not. See, y'all, I, I think y'all are misconstruing what I'm saying. I'm not saying Jake Paul's a great fighter. I'm just saying y'all have to watch when you say these 50-year-old guys come out of retirement fighting a 28-year-old who has who can fight a little bit. Like one punch and you're out of there. But like you you get saw Mike Tyson at 53. Mike Tyson at 53 right now. Yeah, you're talking about Mike Tyson. But but well, all I'm saying is. Who's a heavyweight? I, but, but he'd be fighting heavyweights. Like Jake Paul's not a heavyweight. But you just said you, you you think that Oscar De La Hoya would beat Jake Paul. Oscar De La Hoya. Oh, I think Oscar De La Hoya would knock Jake Paul out. You think so, right? I now? do. Yes, I, I no doubt. No, no. Like, who do you think punches harder, Oscar De La Hoya or Jake Paul? Here, here's the thing, though. That's the thing. Like, what what does it mean to punch harder? But like, I, I really think if, if they if they had one of those measuring things that you have a at a at a hub. Um, Dave and Buster's, and it was like one of those things. You said, "All right, De La Hoya, you sit down there. And you're gonna hit this thing ten times." 
and then Jake Paul hit this thing ten times. Who do you think hits harder? Oscar. Oh, it's gonna be Oscar De La Hoya, unquestionably. No. And who's gonna be better defensively? It's gonna no. be Oscar. Who's gonna no. who's gonna who's gonna see the punch coming significantly earlier? It's gonna be Oscar. But, but Jared, I don't I, I think that one punch he gets caught and he's out. David, David, I think you gotta understand. He's out. No. He's used to get hit. I think y'all, gotta harder y'all don't want to just lost money bet Ben Askren. But that's Ben Askren. Right, like, y'all like, That's Ben Askren. He got that'd be like, got, that'd be like got, we're talking about tennis. I brought somebody who's really good at pickleball. Last week, he got hit in the first minute and was knocked out and couldn't walk. That, but here's the thing though. That'd be like me comparing you playing against John McEnroe in tennis. To like, oh yeah, Dog, but you, you, but you, but you just saw him play against the number one pickleball player in the world. Okay, that's not, <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> you, I know you can't compare tennis to this, but I'll digress. Um, but yeah, boys, any any, any last thoughts before we get up out of here? Uh, I, I'll say this. Listen, listen. Oh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I, was, I was just gonna say, if if they come up with a fight and they say, hey, we're gonna put uh, Tommy the Hitman Hearns in the ring with Jake Paul and Ben Tommy Hearns right now. Um, <laughs> Tommy Hearns got to be 65, 70. So, here's what I will say. Beat him like and I will say this vehemently. I'm going to say this vehemently. Jake Paul out here getting people million dollar paydays. Uh, Jake Paul got 20, Jake mil- Paul. 20 million dollars for that fight? I'll fight Jake Paul right now. You get 20 million? Yeah. And then he got some split from the pay per view. I'll fight Jake Paul right now. Listen. I will. I, I I weighed in this morning at one ninety seven. Jake, I got you. Let's get it. I, I'll start a YouTube beef. I ain't, I ain't fighting Jake Paul. This man got twenty pounds on me and his training. Well, that's because that's, that's you you a buck sixty two. Like the the reality is for us heavy our, us light lightweights over here. We ready to go. Uh, I thought I fight Jake Paul. Y'all about to be looking like Martin when he got hit through the through the rope. Dog, listen, twin I think you're forgetting that these guys weren't actually blocking punches. Like I really think Floyd Mayweather right now could go in the ring with Jake Paul, not throw a single punch, and not get knocked out. That's how that's how bad of a puncher. <laughs> I completely agree with you. He would. Uh, Floyd Mayweather would beat the crap out of Jake Paul for ten rounds, and Jake Paul would probably have to go to the hospital. But you're talking about Floyd Mayweather, who's still sharp. Y'all talking about Oscar De La Hoya, who hasn't been in the ring since the Pantygate situation. When last time Oscar fought? Like 2005? No, no, like, no. Oscar, Oscar retired. That's his last fight. Um, like, like not not long in 2010 for sure. I think it's like 2012, 2015, somewhere in that. No, range. I think it was like 2009. Uh, let's see, professional record. Last fight was versus Pacquiao in 08. Yeah. So no, y'all y'all gotta really look. I'm not like I said, I'm not saying that Jake Paul's legitimate, but y'all have to do your due diligence when you look like there's video of him knocking repeatedly knocking people out and sparring. But like, there's I, also I a video of him getting knocked out cold like, and sparring and then waking up and being like, What happened? And they said, You won. <laughs> yeah, uh what you call so here, Oscar is forty eight right now. He's five ten. Jake is six one, uh, six six feet six one. They said, "Oh, there. Oscar would destroy him. So, so he's two inches tall. Oscar could put on weight. Oscar could probably walk around at one sixty five right now." Hey, I might be tripping, dog. I might, you, I might come out and see the Oscar still, still legit. Dog. I mean, if I if I had to bet my house, I'm betting my house on Oscar, Oscar versus Jake Paul. I would probably lean towards Oscar just to figure it out. But if I, if I had to bet my house on like, Oscar versus Jake Paul, I bet my house and your house before I bet my house on Jake Paul. 
Listen, I would, I would, I, listen, if it came down to even money, Jake Paul or, or, or Oscar De La Hoya, like, I would rather, I would rather bet my house and my 401k before I bet Jake, Jake Paul for my yeah, house. Dead serious. If they, Boy, if they actually bought money, cause I'm trying to tell you, that dude get caught one time at 48 by one of them punching you out. You don't see the punch coming. That joke be looking like this. Oscar fought Jake Paul right now. The odds would be Oscar, Minus forty six hundred. Absolutely not. It would. It would be something like ridiculous like that. It would. Yeah. But all right, fellas. Uh let's let's wrap it up here, man. We want once again thank everybody for tuning in to us another week. We appreciate you guys. Um we're gonna be probably back next week or the following week after that. So make sure you uh keep your notifications on. Um and uh yeah. Any any parting thoughts we get up out of here, fellas? Uh, I think I already asked that, yeah. but no, know, I, think, I, think, I, think I think we're ready to part. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, you guys be blessed, be safe, and we'll holler at you guys in a few weeks. All right, <laughs> peace. <laughs>